Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Play Games, Lose Friends. I'm Ryan. That's Ken. It is... What day is it? Wednesday, right? Yeah, no. Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) November 23rd, 2021. Uh, This is episode four, Play Games, Lose Friends. Thanks for joining us again. We've got some good stuff to talk about tonight, including a Kabula update. We're going to dive into a little bit of Ankh First Impressions. We also want to talk about one of our favorite games for the review this time that we've played for many, many years, and that is Looters. We'll get to that in a bit. But before we start, I had a question for you. In full transparency, we were joking before this episode started. We recorded this episode already, and then I got the audio files, and holy shit, were they bad. Uh, so we had to start over and do a whole nother recording. And I had asked you a question before the last episode, or when we were recording the last episode about the, uh, the Simon Kickstarter, their 50th, which was a really big deal. And before yeah. that, when we recorded, they did not reveal what this was yet. We didn't know. We had some teasers and stuff, but we weren't sure. And I asked you what you thought it was going to be. So now that we know, let's go back from the ghost recording that we had to kill. <laughs> the old yellered it in the back. Uh, you had predicted that, or or your what was what did you call it? What was the term you used for the prediction? Uh, I can't. So remember I, yeah, I don't remember either. I know again, it was. What I was had your two? wrestling, your W W yeah. AEW prediction. There was like a big <laughs> wrestling moment where some wrestler comes out and you don't know who it is or what they're going to do. Yeah, hoping for a swerve, um, but it was not a swerve. It was. Uh, Pretty obvious. Well, what was your swerve? Your so swerve my swerve was, was cooperative was that, or something, right? Well, I, again, I had there was some rumors around who owned uh, the DC universe, and my hope That's was it. that yeah. it was going to be a Marvel versus DC game because I also think Spin Masters has the license to the DC universe. But uh, again, when you just Look at what was shown. It was definitely a Marvel zombicide type game. Uh, they have actually revealed that it's called Marvel Zombies, a zombicide game. Uh, and so far, they released a lot of models, pictures, uh, a little bit of gameplay. Uh, supposedly, what's changed is you're the bad guys as opposed to the good guys that you were in typical zombicide. Uh, so you're a zombie or an undead sort of hero or villain, and your job is to actually run around and kill, like, the living people and uh, eat them, uh, and then sort of the uh, abominations, which were, like, the big baddies in Zombicide, would actually be uh, other heroes that have not become zombified. So uh, there's a lot of... I I think there's this one's the very sort of polarizing on your thoughts. I know some people are going to love it. And some people are like, do I really need another Zombicide? Uh, But (laughs) the sentiment I've been seeing online is like, cool, don't want to buy it, but it's cool because they're just Zombicided out at this point, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like just trying to get all the sap out of the tree. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like... It, there's not enough gameplay variants at this point to draw people in. It's just like, all right, well, now we did this with another IP, and that's really cool because no one else has done this with the IP. And they're kind of like reversing the roles in the game a bit, but like it's going to play the same for the most part. I mean, maybe yeah, and again, a little they're, different. They're, 
they haven't revealed all the sort of tricks, all the gameplay mechanics. Yeah. They, uh, they, there was an hour long, uh, Simon conference yesterday on YouTube. Um, uh, I sent it around to one of our friends who's a big, uh, Simon slash Zombicide fanboy. And, uh, all I got were little stickers, images, and emojis with hearts and love. And so it'll be in our group. I don't know if I'm going to be one that's going to buy it though. Yeah. And I know you're definitely not going to buy it. So <laughs> I'm not a big Zombicide fan to begin with. Like Kirby has something to do with that. Our, our one buddy, uh, got the game and for over a year, I think we did it with two actions per turn instead of three. So we were basically playing the game like ultra hard mode and lost every time we played for over a year. And I'm like, this game sucks. I don't want to play this anymore. Well, that, that was why. Uh, but I still don't, I don't know. I, I thought it was good for its time, but it's like we've moved past that now. It's, it's kind of so basic and not that much fun to me. And there's better survival games out there. I, I want to say like Simon is known for going over the top on things and just, minis out the ass and just a lot of stuff like that what is up with this galactus thing it is like remember those old phones in the 80s where you had like spider-man and like the phone was cradled (laughs) in his back like that's what that reminds me of it's so ridiculously large and does not like unless it has batteries go in it and does something awesome why did they do that i just don't get it well so this is the third time that Simon is doing uh, the giant mini, right? The first time was Cthulhu, Death May Die, with the giant Cthulhu. Uh, yeah, the second time... Like twice that size, what? at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's ginormous. He literally can sit on a shelf. Like, he's that big. He's, like, the size of the box. Right? He's that big. <laughs> yes. Um, like I, from a gameplay standpoint, and, I don't get it. From a collector standpoint, like, okay, fine. But it's part of the game, right? Yeah. I'm Well... Yeah, it actually again. That's the thing too. Like so that uh, so the second one is they just did it during um, uh, Masters of the Universe Clash for Eternia. They did the giant castle uh, for Castle Grayskull with working drawbridge um, and the accessory packs. And again, it's part of the game. I don't know how critical part of the game it is, but it will look amazing on the table, right? And so does the Cthulhu mini, right? Oh, yeah, when that no giant doubt. thing hits the table, right? Now, the Galactus thing, they showed two versions of it. And this is the first time Simon is doing sort of this, where it's the same sort of core body, and one arm, I think, is the same. But you can get the zombie head and the zombie other hand, so he can be not only Galactus, but then he can become zombified. Galactus. So I don't know how that's going to play into the game. I'm assuming one of the concepts are when you kill a hero or you kill an abomination, they actually become a zombie and join your team. Maybe. Maybe that's a new hook. Um, Yeah, that could be cool, actually. So again, it's kind of neat. And and again, I'm not like, oh my god, I have to back this. I'm going to look at it when it drops. I believe it's going to be in January, it sounds like. But... um, but so far, I, I was, you know, I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's awesome. I think the minis, again, that's what got me into Simon's products was Zombicide 2. I missed the first one, uh, I, I, but I went hard on 2. Uh, and, um, you know, most of their games I tend to back. 
Um, but I'll be, I'm sort of proud to say I didn't buy all of them and back all of them. <laughs> so this one, again, it's, it's up in the air yet right now. Yeah. And knowing the IP and that it's their 50th, I'm sure the price point's going to be, you know, masters of the universe potentially high. So I don't it, blame it, you. Dude, and I, it, it, it just, and we, we joked that masters of the universe was my highest Kickstarter campaign before even dropping my assumption is marvel zombies a zombicide game would be my most uh expensive kickstarter which alone is just telling me to stay away stay away yeah and and like i I don't know you need more detail we need more gameplay details before i would even consider it but yeah i wouldn't be up my alley i could see it potentially being up yours even kirby or 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 ank might back it but i don't know i guess we'll find out I was just really surprised, to be honest, that I really thought that they would go in a different direction because it just felt like, all right, well, for the 50th one, you got an opportunity to do something really cool. And, and like, they just didn't. They're like, all right, here's the thing we do that just has an IP on it. Like, we're skinning this and maybe we're going to change the gameplay in some slight ways or maybe even some significant ways. But at the end of the day, it's another Zombicide and... I don't know. It is their most popular sort of franchise, I guess, yeah. right? Other than Eric well, Lang's trilogy of games that have been released through there, but like that's still their biggest seller is Zombicide as a whole, I would guess. Yeah, but to add to that, like look what um and I know we you know, really talked a lot about Stonemeyer games a couple episodes ago, but like look at what he did, right, with um the new game he just released was Rolling Realms, right? Yep. So it was a Sort of a flip and right kind of game, like meta game. He he made it. Yeah, he made he made it during the pandemic. He put it out for people. People loved it. Um, but again, what was cool is it it brought in every game in the Stonemeyer world, right? Yeah. And again, it's simple. It's but it's 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 catch. It's neat. It's cool. Now, Simon had an opportunity here with their ungodly amounts of content. They had an opportunity here to really do something special and uh, and sort of bring all their worlds together. Like, how crazy would it have been to do some sort of game where if you owned all the games, you, like, jumped through the games and or something? Like, I don't know, just or, – yeah. or new characters from all the games combined to do something, almost like a Marvel versus Capcom type strategy or something, you know, That'd like where you combine the different franchises, like – I don't know. It just, like I said, I think it's just a, a lost opportunity. But yep. I'm sure we'll have this conversation when they're at their 100th campaign. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, they seem to hit home runs from a funding standpoint regardless because it's just people at this point oh, it's want to get fun. it for the sake of getting it. Yeah, it, it's still – it's not that the games are bad. It's just the rehash theme. I think they just – Yeah. I agree with you. They missed an opportunity, so – so we'll see what happens there if you back it, what the, you know, what the, the rule set looks like and all that. And I'm curious to see, um, just how wildly successful it will be because I feel like the sentiment I'm seeing is that it's cool, but it's not cool enough to back after everyone's kind of been zombicided out and marveled out at this point with all the products that fit under those two umbrellas. So I guess we'll find out and find some more information in the next couple of weeks here as they, roll out more gameplay videos. Um, so knowing that you might not back that, 
there was another game that you were very much interested in that the Kickstarter got uh, canceled, I think, but they're going to be rolling out again and you have some updates. So let's talk more about Kabula, which we've talked about last episode. Go check that out if you haven't um, to learn more about the game. But what kind of updates did you get since the last time we talked? Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, uh, they weren't – they were, I think, at 28% uh, of funding when we recorded our last podcast. And – uh, I think I was, uh, gushing, uh, a bit smitten, maybe you would say with this game, uh, on that last podcast, but, uh, Kangle over heels. Uh, knowing that it wasn't going <laughs> to Kangle over heels. Yes. Um, it was, um, again, it didn't seem like it was going to fund. Um, so they, they sort of took a step back. Uh, they, they sort of canceled the, they canceled the campaign. Um, and to anyone that was a backer, they, uh, sort of stayed in contact, uh, with us, uh, being a backer, uh, that I was. And, um, we actually, um, for just a whim, we shot an email to, uh, the, you know, the general mailbox that was, uh, giving the updates. And, um, we got to, Correspond back and forth a little bit with Antonio, who is the game creator and lead designer on Kabula. And Kabula is being put out by Stranger Games Studios. Uh, and it looks like it will be coming back, uh, in February 2022. Um, so there might be some more, um, content that we'll be able to provide, uh, between now and then, um, if things work out the way I'm hoping they do, but uh, if not, I'll definitely keep everyone abreast um, as I get updates and as I start to get prepared and excited to back this game again in February. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I didn't care for it the first time you sent me the link, and I was like, eh. Like, and then the more you started describing it, the more interested I got, and now I'm at the point where I just want to play it. I just want to try it, because it's just so... It has that weird ass unique theme it's got enough like chaotic gameplay involved i think we again in the the ghost episode that died that we old yellered uh i think you had said i can't remember what you compared it to but there were a couple games we basically said that was oh cosmic frog like it just has that sort of chaotic feel to it and there aren't a lot of games that have that outwardly like so everything's very structured for the most part and i'm seeing more of these chaos games come out and i love them from a, from a gameplay standpoint, because replayability is always great. There's always something to laugh at. There's always something different happening. Uh, it's just different and it's fun to see that kind of stuff. And the theme of this one is so absolutely bizarre that that chaos combined with yeah. the theme could, could be a gem. Yeah. And again, I just, it's weird. I, uh, again, we'll get to it eventually, but just seeing the amount of fun we had with Cosmic Frog. Right. And then that unique art style, that, you know, sort of wacky theme, uh, knowing how our group and us personally, you and I really like OP arena from the art and the character standpoint. Like, yeah, this just sort of smashes those two things together. Yep. But then there's like really cool, good game mechanics mixed in that again from again, I've never played it, but just from what I've read and what I've watched, it's. It sort of has that, you know, take that aspect or enough take that, that I think you would really, 
you know, in a positive way, right? You'll be mad and you'll be angry, but you'll be excited and happy at the same time because not yeah, only is the game laughing. doing it to you, but each other, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, I, again, I, this is one of those, like, I just, again, I, I back a lot of games. I have a lot of games. I own a lot of games. I play as, as much as I possibly can. And this one just, again, I, I sort of uh, love at first sight. <laughs> kind of thing and uh and i've never played it but i'm dying to play yeah hopefully we can we can get uh some more info soon i'm definitely excited to try it and it's going to be it's either going to be one of those games that fits that narrative that we just talked about where it's like a lot of fu going on a lot of a lot of craziness going on a lot of chaos going on or it could fall flat and either way like one of the things that's fun about this hobby as, as we've gotten more into it as connoisseurs let's say uh we've been able to get involved in play testing games which it doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun but it you you get to so sort of take all your experience and help guide the development of a game and it's if it succeeds in the end it's very fun to know you've been a part of that and and kind of see the game mature as a result of your feedback and so maybe we'll have that opportunity with this one. I don't know. But either way, uh, I think we're both getting pretty excited to give it a try. And I'm pumped to hear more. So moving on, we got Absolutely. we got a chance to head down to Lancaster uh, a couple weekends ago to visit our fellow Nerdhammer brethren at the Nerdhammer GT, which is a Kings of War uh, tournament hosted in Lancaster by dear leader Rob Allison of nerd hammer. And, uh, it was very nice to get to go down and see everybody. That hotel was sweet compared to the place in Hershey. I liked it a lot. And my favorite thing was that you, you were very happy that there were balloons. <laughs> I couldn't believe they really rolled out the red carpet, uh, for our, uh, our kind, our kin. Well, you got to pay well I, for that red carpet I, just to be clear, but at least we got balloons, but, yeah, I mean, there was a giant welcome sign in balloons. Like, it was awesome. Every letter was a balloon. It was almost like those, uh, uh, I guess almost like at a wedding. What is it? The trestle, you know, of, of, of balloons. <laughs> uh, I was going to say a children's birthday but, uh, party, but there was no bouncy house. So, you know. Well, maybe next year, right? Yeah, we've got something uh, to aspire to. And I heard the food was, and the food was amazing. We didn't get to partake since we were only there for a couple hours just to... Uh, Pop in, surprise some people, say hi, and uh, again, it, it was um, you know, it's sort of bittersweet, you know, because we weren't there actually as players; we were there just as sort of uh, comrades, if you will. But um, uh, but again, it, it's um, it, it's awesome, you know. If you do play Kings of War, um, definitely uh, check out the Nerdhammer social channels. Um, they've got tournaments all throughout the year. Coming up already, I think they've got three or four announcing. Yeah, uh, it's and you can. Yeah, I mean they they are building the scene here with uh, some groups out of Philly, uh, some groups out of Harrisburg. Um, they got people from Jersey, so it's all these little clubs that are getting together uh, and just going to war and enjoying it. Um, I got to give a quick. They tip also to have the a podcast. To, to, uh, yeah, you want to shout that? Well, no, I was going to talk about Pat's uh, Hermit Crab Army. It was amazing. I've never seen. I played a lot of war <laughs> games in my day, Warhammer and 40k and all that stuff. Never seen a hermit crab army. So I just want to say to Pat, job well done. Keep doing what you do. Uh, 
we talked about working a SpongeBob character, and I still think that should happen. But yeah, Hermit Crab Army. That, yeah, that's I agree. Awesome. Yeah, I think they're called. Uh, I don't know. Trident or Realms or I, I, something like that. Try, yeah, if Trident I Realms. Correctly. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Schaefer was going to play him, and they were real bad, and he's like, nope. And it was oh, also here comes Pat. It was also fun to watch uh, our two buddies Langle and and Beans uh, playing a game against each other, and watching Langle nitpick every quarter inch of movement, and Beaner call him out on not reading or breaking. Like it was just classic stuff. Classic stuff. I, I miss some of that. It was old times, old times. Yeah, it's, it was fun. Classic. So it was good. Classic old. It was times. good to see everybody, and it was good to get down there. And um, you know that venue was fantastic. I hope uh, Rob reconsiders or considers that again for future GTS. Uh, Lancaster was not the location I would have expected him to pick, but it worked out really well. It was a great place, and would have would have liked to have been there more. But uh, I think my war gaming days are on hold for a while, at least. Uh, Till I have more time to paint and play again at a competitive level. Yeah, I'm in that same boat, man. Yeah, I miss it sometimes, and and then I look at all the work there is on the table, and I go, nope, I'm not doing that. I'll just punch shit out of my board games yeah, and, and put them in little containers and move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll I'll punch cardboard and put things in little dime baggies and just put it away on the shelf. It looks nice, and then play it um, in two years for the first time. Yeah, but um. Again, you were just talking about the minutia of, of, of a tabletop. Uh, and again, uh, these guys, they're also, uh, they have a podcast called Drunken Disorder. You can get it anywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, the latest episode, they actually break down uh, all five rounds uh, of this GT that we were there for the sort of pregame events. Uh, and uh, it was taken down, you know, the tournament champion by one of uh, Nerd Hammer's own. And to listen to these guys break down every unit, every sort of special item that is the make or break and circumstantial. I mean, it's just. Didn't know their stuff. It's simple and yet it has so much depth, you know? Yep. And I think they're reviewing or going to be reviewing the new book that came out. Uh, Clash of Kings, I think it's called. So that'll be that'll be up soon if if it's not already up. Um, So. If you're a big Kings of War player or a war gamer and you're interested in Kings of War, definitely check that out because they're going to dive in. It's going to be pretty uh, pretty in-depth stuff, just like the tournament coverage. So let's get into our beer selection for this evening. Cue the Mozart. Uh, what okay. are you having? So I, uh, I know we mentioned Rob several times in the plug prior, but I'm going to plug our dear leader again. I am drinking uh, Susquehanna. Uh, brewing company uh, orange is the new ale it is a 4.5 and uh, he had it on tap one year and i guess it was what maybe four or five years ago and i have not stopped purchasing this and not stopped having it in the fridge it's always here uh it's just a nice sipping calming just relaxing beverage um and the slogan is, it is just brewed right. So that is Susquehanna, Orange is the New Ale. That is like the uh, orange juice of beers. The first time I had it, I was like, I like this, but I feel like I'm drinking orange juice. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was just, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not into the orange flavor as much as, as I thought I would be. Uh, I was drinking, at last episode, a Nugmo from Toppling Goliath. But since then, my keg <laughs> has been kicked. And so my final glass of the final keg in the keyser is Brooklyn Oktoberfest 
uh, pretty good Mars and I love Brooklyn stuff. I've been drinking their beers for a very long time, but uh, I had the opportunity to get a sixth of the of the uh, Oktoberfest. So it was very good, and that just got kicked tonight. So that means good news for you and for everybody else in the game group. There's three kegs empty in there. I got to go get three new kegs. So I'll be cleaning lines this weekend. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to you all. Cleaning lines this weekend. I will refill <laughs> that sucker by uh, hopefully by Monday, but we'll see. But yeah, I have a couple hours booked for cleaning lines this weekend. But yeah, Brooklyn Oktoberfest, very good. If you get the chance to try any Brooklyn stuff, do it. They are a pretty good brewery overall, and they have a couple local number one and local number two, which you can buy in 25-ounce bottles are definitely my favorite. So check them out. All right. Last episode that we killed off because of sound quality issues and our inability to do things technically correct we talked about Ankh first impressions and we dove way too deep into that game for a first impression. So we're going to talk about Ankh, but we're going to talk about just very briefly your overall opinion of the game. And then we're going to dive into the contentious portion of that game, which is something called the merge mechanic. And at a high level, I'll explain it. The last two players in victory point order merge into one God and have to share gameplay for the rest of the game. So before we dive into the merge, though, what just in 30 seconds or less, your high level opinion of, of your first game of Ankh at three players? Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed the game tremendously. Uh, it uh, it's simple. Uh, it's cool looking. You um, you've got basic actions that you feel like everything you do matters, which is good. It's, it's not like you like you're really wasting any turns. Um, it moves pretty quickly amongst other players. Um, and then you, uh, get to the merge, which is where <laughs> I, uh, I guess I immediately felt like I wasn't prepared. Uh, it is a whole new game. Now, uh, the asterisk about this is in a three player game, it then becomes almost a one V one, even though there's yeah. two players. Yep. You know, yeah, that's that have joined forces. So, so that was a little bit, uh, yeah, I wasn't uh, prepared for that. Um, specifically again, being my first time playing, but, um, uh, the game works off of an actions track and you basically in your turn, you take two actions. They can't be the same action. And one is lower on the, you know, you have to go lower than where you started the last time. And depending on how far those tracks get to the one side, you can trigger bigger, badder events, which the game is core at you completing those events. I think that was, that's the critical part of this game is you want to be the person who triggers the events. Now, once the merge happens, uh, your opponents or the people who have merged can, they each take one action, but it can also be the same action. Right. Uh, and in a, in, in a sort of a 1v1, I, I again, I was just unprepared to then always have the opponent or opponents in this case uh, being able to dominate that action track, and I almost felt like this is—it was almost futile, um, and and it was pretty, pretty um, disheartening a little bit, <laughs> um, right? Yeah, like I was like, why did I just play for three hours, like to just like almost be punished for being good or doing good, like? I don't know. It, it, I went through a whole range of emotions in my head. I was trying to keep. I, I'm sure my face showed it at the table a little bit. Yeah, you were a little exasperated like, there. I think. First, uh, 
I think when you realize too, like another part of the, the event track is monuments and you get to claim monuments. And I think when you realized, Oh shit, I'm going to start losing the monuments that I have because they're going to be able to steal them and I can't do anything about it. That felt demoralizing. I would imagine. And you could tell. Yeah. And again, I, uh, again, first time playing. So I was trying to still be cool. Like I was having a good time. Uh, but it definitely uh, took a little bit of, uh, jelly out of my donut, as they say. Yeah. Um, but then we got down to, again, so, uh, now again, uh, what happens is the, the, the two opponents or two players that merge, you go off the person's lower victory point track. I guess they call it devotion. Right. So they were way behind. So I was like, okay, they're so far behind, then I should be able to eventually get to do something on this event track that'll make it worthwhile. But in the turns that came, I couldn't do anything on that action track, and they came right up on my heels, uh, up the devotion track. And uh, it came down to almost a, almost like a Mexican standoff type thing, (laughs) where you have a set of cards, cards and like, yeah, if you, if I played the wrong card at the wrong battle, they were going to win. My opponents were going to win. And that I've, I have never felt that kind of stress or anxiety on a board game in a very long time because I, I wanted to win and I didn't want to lose and then be mad at the game, um, for losing because <laughs> I could easily blame the game for that. Um, but, but again, I, I, it just, we, we, you know, we picked different cards that allowed me to actually pull ahead, uh, on one out of what six battles we were going to fight. I think it was like battle four or whatever. Yeah. Yep. I'd lost the first three. Uh, and again, it came down to battle four. You know, I had two other shots on battle five and battle six, which again, best laid plans, but you know what your opponent has. They know what you have. And again, it's like, uh, you, you just gotta hope for the best, uh, that they pick the wrong card or they pick the card that isn't gonna help them, but it will help you. And that actually was what happened there on battle four. Uh, and I ended up did winning the game, but it was, uh, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. It was to, to just, uh, full, to of, get there. full of tension, which after playing that game three or four times, first time I played it three players, but after playing that game three or four times, there's always tension at the end. And I love that about that game. I think that's probably the strongest thing about that game aside from, you know, the, uh, the impact you have for each action you've taken and, and how, just how important those are and how, um, devastating it can be to waste them. You know, there are instances where you kind of have no choice because of that event track triggering. But um, without diving too much deeper into it, because we're going to do a full review at some point in the future as we get a few more games in at different player counts. Um, the merge is a very contentious mechanic in that game. There are no other games that I'm aware of, or and you mentioned this last episode that we lost. Uh, you don't know of any either that do this type of thing and – it's almost, you said it best, it's almost like a, a second game is packaged within this game. And, and so you're not, yeah. you're not prepared for it. But the first couple times after you play and you see it happen, you start changing the way you play the game, knowing that this merge is coming and preparing your own strategy for either being a part of it or knowing that you're not a part of it. And you're going to have to prepare for dealing with the fallout of having basically a, a massive power spike to the players involved in that merge. 
So it's funny to read about this on Board Game Geek and, and online and wherever else you may consume board game opinions and news. It is very divisive. There are people who have literally house ruled it out of the game. There's people who absolutely love it. I love it because I think it – as a catch-up mechanic, I don't love it. It doesn't feel great, but I think the – uh, execution of it. Every time I played this game, because of that, there's a lot of tension at the end of that game between the folks who merge and those who don't and balancing out who's going to win based off that. So I got to give some props to Eric Lang and, and anybody else involved in that design decision because as unique and, and divisive as it is, it actually works for the most part. And I think you also have to go through you know quite a few plays of the game to appreciate it from a design standpoint what exactly it's trying to accomplish so I, i'm happy with it I'm, I'm still glad i got the game but like n reading about it ahead of time for people who play tested and, and that merge mechanic being a big sort of griping point i was like eh, I don't know. hopefully this works out yeah well again you said it it's uh it's unique no other game does it like that at all I don't even think I don't even think there's a game that comes close. Yeah, um, certainly that I'm not that aware complex of. either. It is, and again, I, I, I'm just thinking again as we we're talking, right? Like, how do you even change how you play the first half of the game if you don't want to merge, right? If you don't want to merge, like, how do you set yourself up to not <laughs> yeah. already lose? Well, I think you like that 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 moral high ground, right? And you're just like. To you got to uh, play to win to start the game. I think everybody has to because if you don't, you put yourself in a hole and it doesn't really matter in the first place, um, especially because I think what you're describing is not tanking, but like you're not going to – you're kind of preparing to be part of the merge. But the problem with that is the victory point track, the devotion track, goes down to the lowest player in the merge. So if you're not actively trying to score high, you're yeah. punishing you and the person you're merging with to the point where you aren't going to catch up no matter what you've already lost. So again, there's little things about it that make it so very balanced in a way that surprised me. And it also introduces a level of pressure for those who don't merge that there's tension in the game at the end to the point where games come down to the last battle. They come down to the last combat uh, region. They come down yeah. to the cards available and that, to me, um, at least for all the games I played, and again, I've only played four, but at least in those four games I played, that's balance. I mean, that's to me, that's balance, and that's really well executed. So without spending too much more time on it, again, we're going to do a full review for this, but we wanted to talk just a little bit about first impressions and, and that contentious mechanic because it is a big deal for that game. It is a big deal across you know the player base of that game and, and folks who backed it and bought it at retail, which it's now been out for a little while now. So we'll see more exposure to it, but it's fun. And I think we're going to, we're definitely going to get some more. We have packs unplugged coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, actually I think what we're two weeks away, three weeks away, something like that. Is it really it's, that, it's that, that close? close? Yes. Thank God. Uh, I'm not bringing Ankh with me. I want to bring Ankh with me, but sweet Jesus, that game is just as bad for setup as like Gloomhaven. There is so much crap to pack. And I spent this weekend <laughs> building a, my, a custom foam core insert for the main box for all the God cards, the tokens, the Ankh tokens, the uh, base. Like I sent you pictures of it. I spent, you know, multiple hours doing this. And then yeah. I turn around and I look at all the models and I'm like, I have four more boxes that I could fit this in. There's no way I'll ever bring four boxes to a con or to anything. 
I'm just going to buy an army kit thing. Like I traded war games for board games and now I'm full circle with the shit I have to buy to support my addiction to my hobby. So at this point, I'm just going to have to get like a foam army carrier <laughs> kit and put all the models in there. But it's, it's a great game. Um, and we're definitely going to get more and I'm looking forward to doing a full review on it in the future. All right. Uh, let's hop into our review for tonight. I want you to give a synopsis of this game, but before you do, um, We've both had this for – well, you, you introduced me to this game. It's got to be – I don't even remember when you introduced me to this game. It's years and years ago. Uh, but it's also a Cool Mini or Not game before they were CMON. It was just Cool Mini, right? Yes. Yeah. It was one of the earlier just sort of direct releases, not Kickstarter. Yep. So the game is Looters, uh, spelled with a Z at the end. Very clever. Uh, card game, why don't you tell us a bit about gameplay, and then we'll uh, dive into the review. Yeah, so, um, again, as Ryan said, it's a, it's a, it's a card game. Uh, you're all uh, sort of working off the same deck that sits in the middle. There's, I don't know, I'll just say 200 cards, something like that, where every card that you can potentially pull uh, is unique and does stuff differently. And your job is to... Uh, again, as the game is called, your job is the, the way you win is to be the first person with seven, uh, seven loot. Right? I, typically it's seven, but at different, different player counts, they, that the amount changes. But again, you've got what four rules, four act, you know, four basic rules. One is, uh, your first action is to either draw a card or play a looter. Uh, your second, you know, sort of action is to either loot. Uh, using a, uh, an activation ability of your of your looter, uh, or you actually can try to loot and get gold. And then the third phase or the third action is to either draw or play another looter. And then the final one is to uh, sort of discard phase where you uh, discard down to three looters. And it's it's a take that kind of style game. It's got some magic mechanics mixed in. Um, you know, with, with certain abilities of certain looters, the artwork is, is fantastic, which again is, was one of the reasons I, I ended up buying it, uh, originally. Uh, and then after you play, it, you're like, oh, this is fun. Uh, it's, it's, you can, it's an easy teach. But yeah, I think that's, Ryan, anything else to add? No, I think it's, uh, it's a good party game. I'll add that. It's, it wasn't something that I looked at and thought this, yeah. you know, party game. But it's a good party game, without a doubt. And we'll talk a little bit about the the flippant nature of it and how angry it can make you uh, when you get your board set up in a good state and someone just nukes the whole thing. But yeah, let's let's dive into the review. Uh, I'll start. So I have theme for the game. I gave it a three point five. You know, I think you mentioned this when we talked about it last time. But you can kind of interchange the theme. It's not that important to the game. I do like the sort of. Um, King's court that they made with it. You know, there's, there's characters like King, queen, there's a jester, there's, you know, and there's some high fantasy stuff like elves and vampires. There's all the tropes for the most part kind of mixed across. There's a gelatinous cube, which is my favorite card, but yeah, theme. <laughs> yeah. I think real strong. I think to that point. Yeah. But the cards, uh, again, when we talk about what the cards can do and how every card is unique, if you, depending on what it is, it actually, the action or what it is, it does have a thematic tie to it. Like, for example, yeah. the Hydra uh, can attack multiple times, hence it's got multiple heads, so it can attack twice. 
right? Which is kind of cool. And I think it's the only, probably one of the only characters in the game that can actually attack twice. Yep. But again, it's just the attack. Yeah, and the cube like absorbs um, you know, other, and, and, you other know. characters and gains their health by like eating them. Basically, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that. So like, gameplay is tied to theme of the cards, but in terms of like the overall theme of the game, I think it's kind of interchangeable. So I, I ended up with just a three point five. Yeah, I had it at a three myself. Again, I go back to like Destiny's. You know, we gave Destiny's a three, or I I gave Destiny's a three on theme. Again, it was, uh, you know, it was what it was. It's not anything, you know, that, you know, you're, you're, you're immersed right. in, you know, um, you're just, you have this little band of cool characters and you're trying to make the best of it. Right. Uh, hopefully you get ones that work together, but thematically it, I think there's what, maybe one card that works off another, which would be what the wizard and the frog, the witch. Yeah. I think, right. You know, that. The Witch and the Frog or something yep. like that. Like, there's only two cards that synergize that way. Uh, the rest of them are all sort of on their own. They do cool things. And, uh, yeah, so theme was a three for me as well. How about balance? So balance, I I looked at it again. So I went balance of a four. And I sort of, and again, I looked at Destinies. My review for Destinies was a balance four as well. Um, and again, every... You all have the same, you're all in the same sort of foundation, right? And it's how you use the cards you're dealt, the cards you draw, the abilities you gain. It's how you use them that I think is the, is sort of the, the genius part about the game. Uh, it's when to attack. It's, it's, you know, when to use the ability. It's who to piss off at the table, who to not yeah. piss off at the table. <laughs> You know, who to, you know, when to loot versus, you know, try to stabilize the board. Uh, because again, once you get to, you know, five, six coins, you're the main target and everyone is coming for you because no one wants to lose. So, uh, but, but again, I think it's that, that, that's the genius of it is, is how you as like almost the general, general of this small army of three guys or three minions, three looters. Sorry. It's how you use them. Uh, that, that I think really counts. So I bumped the balance up to a four. I did. I gave it a four too. Um, I think you, you mentioned like everybody kind of has equal opportunity to draw cards and perform with them. I think maximizing the effects and value of the cards you get is very important to the gameplay. The reason I don't give it any higher is because the game is like pure RNG, right? Random cards that you draw out of a deck that shuffled, you roll dice to determine if you yeah. wound on an attack, you roll dice to determine if you gain loot. Um, and the looters have like a number associated with them. Uh, and you got to roll at or below that number to achieve your attack or, or your loot. And you only roll dice based off the number of hit points they have left. So, you know, you can kind of cripple other people's attempts and stuff. So, but overall, there's a lot of RNG in the game randomness. So I, I couldn't give it any higher than a four just because of that. But, um, I will go on to fun. All that RNG makes for a lot of fun. Like we like to, Talk about Euro games and Ameritrash games. This doesn't get much more Ameritrash than this. Um, it's a very fun game. I gave it a five. Uh, I've never had a bad time playing this game. The more people that get in, the better, I think, because just absolute chaos ensues. Um, like Ken said, you always have a target. There's always that one person who's gotten pretty lucky on their rolls or pulled really good cards out of the deck when drawing. And so they have that edge early on and you're just trying to beat their ass down and get their coins. And there's cards that let you steal. There's cards that let you take control of other looters. There's a great variety of, of abilities in the game. 
And when you get some of that stuff in your hand at the right time, it's really fun to set up those combos. My favorite one is with the mermaid who can steal other players' looters and you, you retain them for the turn. And the fourth phase of your turn is you sacrifice down two, three looters. So if you already have three out and the mermaid's one of them, you can swipe one of their four or one of their looters to have four and at the end kill their looter as part of your sacrifice. It's great. And, and when you steal it, you know, not only are you making them mad because you're stealing it, but then they realize what you're about to do at the end of the turn. And it just, it, the look on people's faces and the stuff you get out of that, especially for us as, as play games lose friends aficionados, we love to piss in people's Cheerios in games like this. So definitely a five for me for fun. So this was Ryan's first five of oh, four reviews. This was my, this is my, uh, fifth five. Because looters is you know, we call that fun. You're easy. Uh, you you're loose. <laughs> you're, you're a review whore. Uh, no, no. I know. I know when something deserves a five. It's my I've five. I a lot of games. I, I know when something exactly. It's my reviews. Uh, but so yeah, it's a five, a hundred percent. The game's fun. You you even when you introduce someone new to it, right? That's never played. Yeah. Uh, they they don't feel that they are not in it, right? They they get into it really quickly and they're like, oh, I, oh, and you just see them start to figure it out when you see the other like four people at the table just beating the snot out of each other and just being a complete jerk to each other, and then they are they fall right in in line and they enjoy it, and then the game's over. They may win, they may lose, and it's like, are we gonna play that again? Rerack it. You always hear that. Uh, so yeah, let's go. So yeah, looters is fun. So the component quality of looters, I also gave a five to. Now, uh, I think you can get different versions of the game. So my version, which is might have been the first edition version, came with really nice uh, quality cards, um, but it came with uh, plastic uh, money for the loot, and it came with uh, little heart tokens for the life total that goes on the looters. Um, and again, for what it is, it's all good. Good quality cards, good quality components. Uh, I gave it a five. Yeah, I'm at a, I'm at a 4.5. Um, only upgrade I can complain about is I love metal coins and maybe the, the first version had that, but yeah, the, the health tokens are like little hearts on like a, a flat stand. Um, so when you're playing the game at, at a large table with a bunch of people, it makes it really easy to see how many wounds are left. I love that about that. Uh, component so card stock's nice coins are fine um, there's not a whole lot to the production so it's hard to knock it but there's also nothing that blows you away from component quality so you know between a four and a 4.5 i'd give it a 4.5 because i love those little heart standees but yeah overall not bad replayability for borrowed this game. from arcadia quest oh the components yeah yeah i think you said that i didn't know that because yeah. i i went and bought the metal arcadia yeah. well i got them as a gift the metal arcadia quest coins and, and didn't even realize the hearts i have the cardboard heart tokens uh because i didn't get the kickstarted version i don't think so uh, i missed all those goodies but oh well, yeah i'll live uh replayability i gave this a five i've never run into a situation where we weren't able to like have a different experience to play the people you play with make a difference in terms of how the, the game plays out. 
there's so many things about the game that make it fun and I don't have it because it's a running gag that I don't buy expansions, but you have it. There's an expansion for the game that adds even more cards <clears throat> to make it more fun and more replayable. Um, and there, I think you can do, I, I thought I, maybe it's in the rules. Maybe it's not. I thought I remember there being like a drafting variant too, where you can kind of like do the starting hands with drafting and that affects the opening of the game. So I think there's just so much to the game for, for being as simplistic as it is in terms of, you know, turns and, and actions and card variety. It is just something you can always put down at the table and have a good time. So I gave it a five. So two fives, one review. Good job. Good job, Ryan. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Listen, we, we knew we got to get I also gave replayability. Nidavalier's a victim. Maybe we'll <laughs> come back. Like- yeah, you're going to have to give Nid of Valir some love. I will, I will. It Maybe when we get Thing of Valir but... in stock and we pull that in and get another uh, assessment uh, of that with the expansion, maybe I'll, I'll come right, back. So, so 2023, when <laughs> you actually buy an expansion. Well, maybe we'll 2023, it's it. actually available so, to buy. <laughs> well, maybe that's a packed pickup for you. Oh, I'll be, I'll be um, home. But yes, so I also gave Ludas a 5 for replayability. Again, it's never the same game twice. Yeah, you might see the same card here or there, but like, there's there's so much variety. Um, and again, uh, the expansion, uh, I believe, was either um, you could only get it at conventions, like if you spend a hundred dollars, then you get these little tickets or whatever. Or I believe they gave it away at one of the packs, con- uh, not packs, Simon uh, conventions in in one of the goodie bags. So, but yeah, I, I tracked it down on eBay, knowing how much Ludus was getting played. I needed more of it. The, the expansion added uh, some new keywords, which uh, they call sleep. All of them are sort of thematic around sleep. Uh, you know, again, the, the thematic nature of Ludus is, again, there's a, there's a princess who's asleep. But when she wakes up, she's awesome. But she's awful when she's not awake. <laughs> um but uh, again, it's it, if you're familiar with magic at all, it's almost like the phasing ability where they're there for one turn, they're they're not there the next. So it's it's kind of neat. It adds a little bit of something different. Uh, there's I think like four or five cards that come in that have the sleep keyword in the new expansion or for it. But again, very small expansion. Uh, would love more. I I don't know. I don't know why there's not more looters content, but we'll see. You never know. Maybe uh, the hundredth campaign. Yeah, would be a looters, <laughs> Marvel looters, big box, Marvel zombicide looters, Marvel looters. <laughs> It'll come with a seven uh, foot tall. So overall, my looters Thanos model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, overall, my looters comes in at a four point four uh, for my final score. That's uh, three fives, a four, and a three. Ryan, where are you at? Four point three total score. And and we'll we be remiss not to mention our lose friends portion of the review. Uh, this game will absolutely yeah. piss you off at times in a good way. Um, one of my favorite things about this game is there's a couple cards in it that literally nuke the entire board. And so no matter how well you play, no matter how lucky you get with card draw and, and stealing stuff from your opponents or whatever, uh, at any given time some chump at the table is going to drop the bomber and just nuke the whole board. And you got to start over from scratch. There's also an alchemist that does the same thing. So there are times where you'll, you'll yeah. just craft the perfect setup and you're like, yeah, you bastards got to come and get me. It doesn't matter. It's gone. And you just sit there and kind of hang your head and go, all right, well, I'm not making that mistake again. You kind of learn to hold back. 
Yeah, I agree. This one will definitely could get your tempers flared. You know, you feel like you you're in a groove. You're doing you know you're doing you, and uh, you know two or three people in a row could just ruin your day. Um, it only takes one of them, and then the other ones just pile on for the fun of it. So yeah, this one uh, this one could lose you a friend or two, depending how you play or how you get played against. So that's the review for looters. If you have the chance to pick it up, I think it's, is it under 20 bucks now? Probably dude. It, yeah. It, you might even be able to find it with all these black Friday sales going on right now. You might be able to find it for like $8. It's a, it's well worth it. It's, it's like, is it, I think it's definitely even MSRP was, I think 15 to start. Yeah. It wasn't an expensive game at all. Yeah. It's, it's like uh cockroach poker or some of those other like kind of, key card games you will get your money's worth out of that game for sure so check it out if you get the chance again cool mini or not made it um don't remember the release date but it's got to be years ago now definitely see if you can pick it up it it was one of yeah it was like early like i think it was like around seriously like maybe a year after zombicide 2 something like that yeah that sounds about right i mean it was real early so Moving on, I just realized that we talked about Ankh again for so long that we didn't get to talk about any of the other stuff we played. So before we dive into our backbot, let's quickly maybe just spend 10 or 15 minutes chatting about some of the other stuff we got to play other than Ankh since the last time we talked. Do you want to go first? Yeah, so I'll I'll talk about the one that we didn't play together because there's a few on our list that, that obviously we got in together one night. Um, but I got a chance to play the uh, expansion or second version of Doodle Dungeon. Uh, with my son. Uh, I believe it's a Steven Jackson game, so it's got sort of the munchkin-type art style. Uh, and it honestly is my only sort of, sort of, maybe maybe second, maybe... Uh, I, honestly, it's probably the only one I actually play, uh, of like a flip-and-write-type game. Yep. But what you're doing is you're flipping up these cards, and then you're drawing on a dungeon map. So with the expansion... Uh, you roll a dice to see what map you're picking from the new dice that they have out. And, and then you're just playing with the normal rules, but on your, you're on a different map. And, uh, you're also rolling an extra dice that anytime a certain number comes out, you cross it out. So your job is to try to get and collect on the map, uh, the numbers that aren't called because then they are a better, uh, point modifier at the end. And, uh, again, I thought I was doing really, really well. And then my eight year old flipped over his board and I was thoroughly destroyed on points. Uh, <laughs> I not only hit, though, right? I not only hit every trap. Yeah. No, I was, I was proud of him. You know, again, um, you know, you want to, you want to lose sometimes. It keeps you humble, but keeps uh, you interested too. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, that is also a big key, key aspect. Um, but I hit both of the traps. And, and again, he just, again, he used the, the dungeon pieces differently than I did. And, uh, he, he goes for the dragon all the time. I, 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 sometimes I don't go for the dragon, but, uh, the dragon multiplies your, uh, your money bag, uh, that you, that you collect. Um, but again, it's tough to always go there. So, uh, but yeah, that's Doodle Dungeon 2. I, I, again, it's a great game. Uh, they're again, very cheap. Uh, you can probably pick them each up for, you know, 20 bucks a piece, maybe, if not less. Um, well worth it. Uh, again, high replayability. And again, for children, getting them into sort of dungeon crawling type thing, it's it's very basic. 
And, and again, it's almost an activity sometimes to kids. They don't even realize it's a game. Yep. But it's fun. Yeah, I think uh, I've, I've previewed this a couple times and didn't pick it up yet, but I, I think my son would dig it. Uh, I'll have to maybe swipe it from you for a week or so just to, to test it out, see if, if he'd be interested. But it definitely looks like fun. And my daughter's a big art person, so getting to kind of draw while you're playing is, is an interesting thing that doesn't exist in a lot of games for kids. Um, so I got a chance to get two games of Paleo, and I picked up Paleo. God, it's got to be like two months ago off uh, Board Game Exchange subreddit. Picked that up, uh, I think for forty bucks, fifty bucks, something like that, shipped. So not a bad price. Um, came fully sleeved, which was nice. Got it to the table uh, once with my son and once with uh, my spouse, and got crushed both games uh, on the very first scenario. Probably a little bit of that is factoring in just kind of the learning curve of the game, but it's not that complicated. It's just the decisions you have to make really change and affect how the game is played. So just a summary of it, you're kind of cavemen surviving in the world, uh, and you start with next to nothing. You have two two cavemen or two cave people, if we're being politically correct, in your party uh, per person playing. So if I was playing with another person, there'd be four cave people, and some start with tools, some don't, and there's abilities they kind of have, like a general ability. And then on your turn, you get to draw three cards off the top of your deck, and you pick – you don't flip them over. You look at the backs, and the backs are all different. Um, they're kind of grouped the same, so there's some differences. But for the most part, you're going to pick one of those cards, and your co-player, your, your partner, is going to do the same thing. And then you're both going to flip your cards over and you can choose to resolve the actions on them. And there's multiple ways to do that where you can assist the other player with theirs. So kind of band together. So let's say, you know, I, I go to the forest and I flip it over and there's a berry bush there and I could potentially pull some food off of that for us. But my partner flipped, they're getting their dead ass eaten up by a hyena and we got to fight that hyena or they're going to die. Um, so that makes my decision for me. I'm going to get the berries and let them die. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to help them kill the hyena so that they don't take wounds because when you reach five deaths, the game's over. You're, you're done. The object to win is basically to complete a cave painting of a mammoth. And I know that just sounds weird. And I actually think it is weird in the game. I don't really like the victory condition, but the game itself is really fun and interesting. I think some of that will die off as we get more games because you're going through the deck and kind of learning what some of the cards are. But there's enough variability there that uh, it should stay fun for a long time. And the way they do the gameplay is you, you have scenarios. So there's scenario one, you're going to add decks A and B into the main deck. But as you continue along, you're going to add, there's there's like seven or eight other decks you can add, C, D, and so on. And you could just keep adding decks to the main deck and have a different experience each time. Um, and it gets progressively harder as you add some of those. And then there's other cards. You can get tool cards. There's dream cards, which generally benefit your your group in some way um, but overall it's pretty fun it's a really solid co-op game i liked it a lot uh, i'm eager to play some more we we're going to try last week to get some time in but we unfortunately couldn't swing it um, but i want to try more because losing those first two times didn't sit well with me and i think we know a bit more about how to play it now that um probably could do better so I, i'm pumped to play some more of it but yeah it's solid co-op if if you're ever interested in co-op games um which we have a lot in this house they're a big hit paleo is an excellent one and i know you have it and haven't gotten to the table yet but i think uh that'd be a good co-op for you to get to the yeah. table with, with the wife yeah we just have to you know fast forward uh our our one-year-olds yeah a couple more years 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. That's not a conducive time to sitting down and playing two-hour long games. Last time you were here, we got a couple other games in. Well, there was one before that that we'll talk about. But uh, before we get to the stinker in, in the discussion, let's talk about War Chest. So I bought War Chest, picked it up at Barnes. Yes, War, War Chest. Chest. Picked it up at Barnes & Noble, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago around the time I picked up Paleo, I think. And I wanted this game for a while after watching the Shut Up and Sit Down review. It just looked like it was right up my alley. Kind of war with chess. Not the chest T, but like war chess. It's a game where there's a board in front of you and you'd basically need to take control points on a hex-based map. Um, so kind of dudes on a map, but the dudes are poker chips and they are really sweet poker chips and all the poker chips are different units. Uh, so at the beginning of the game, you're going to get dealt or drafted a set of cards and those poker chips, uh, you'll get all the chips for that given card. And then essentially you're drawing chips out of a bag at random to kind of build your hand every round and dictate what you're able to do. You can play the chips onto the board. Sometimes you can move them. If you discard a matching chip, you can attack, you can claim those control points. And the first team to uh, exhaust their control point tokens that you place on the board when you take a, a control point wins the game. Um, it's normally a 1v1 game, but there's a team mode where you play 2v2, and that's what we got to play. And I absolutely loved it. I want to play a lot more of that game. I kind of want to bring it to PAX, but I know we only we have five players, so it's going to be tough to get to the table. But what did you uh, what did you think? No, I um I sort of echo echo your sentiments exactly. I, I I've 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 watched this game for a while. It's been in my sort of wish list on mini market. I was waiting for you know a good sale, and actually getting to play it, you're like, oh man, this is so much fun. Uh, and again, I wanted to it's run it back right away. Deep too. Um, just the fact that you can mix up the armies, yeah, because like you realize you don't have a defense. So your guys are all basically defenseless in a way, right? That are out there. And if you get killed, then you die. Like, and you lose that token. So you can't strengthen or you can't, you know, you get less attacks, you know, for, for that unit. Yeah. There's a lot um, of attrition. In so play. every poker chip is important. Yeah. Uh, every unit, you know, every chip is important. Also, like, and again, I'm not a big bag builder person, but like the bag building strategies of what to put in, what to not put in, like how far you what go. To use the chips for when you actually get to pull them is is probably the like yeah. I, I was agonizing that game between like attacking you and moving and claim like it's so hard to decide yeah. what to do. Sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's not, and sometimes you again, it's kind of like chess, like. You're looking at your play, but you don't see the stuff around you and the abilities on the cards that represent what those chips can do. Like the pikeman was a good example. You attack me, pikeman counters and kills your guy. You weren't aware of that because it's the first time we played. And then Joe has that stupid effing scout yeah. that he can just be like, oh, I get to go right here next to wherever I want. Like that was powerful. And and there's – yeah. That was yeah, the one with the crow, right? The, the, game the raven or whatever. <laughs> so it. good. Yeah. But it, 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 it looks so simplistic. It's just a box with a board and a bunch of poker chips with very simple iconography. And it looks so simple. It is far from that. And I think we we had an absolute blast playing it. So I can't – I may just bring it and, and we'll see. But I can't wait to play so, more of that game. It was fantastic. Yeah. 
Again, I was debating. There's a couple four player games I was debating bringing. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. Uh, so, can I actually make a maybe our first alpha yeah. apology of the podcast? So we were playing War Chest, and uh, again, it was a two v two. You know, you know, my 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 partner was Joe, and I don't. And again, it was again. You're sort of on a team, so it's not super alpha, but yet, like, I was pretty aggressive with it. Where. He was choosing what to do or what to play, and I just made the crow noise. <laughs> I just cawed at him, right? Because I I saw how powerful that you know that Scott, uh, yeah. that unit was, and I knew like that that it would help win us the game. So so my my apologies for uh, crow noise You're being at being your a dick direction. And bird Joe. sounds is is what happened, and it worked, right? You won, <laughs> so good job, Alfing. We did end up winning. I think it was the scout yeah. that helped. Yeah, you but- <laughs> guys placed on – like I couldn't reach you. That's the other thing. Like to move, you have to draw a chip for the unit you want to move and then decide to use that for a move instead of an attack or a claim a control point. So again, like there's chips in that bag and it's a bag builder. But what you do with them when you draw them is the whole game. And it's just – it's there's some nail-biting moments yeah. to that too. It's really well done. And again, it looks so simple. Far from it. Great game. Yeah, I see that in our future as far as a review when we get some more yeah. plays in. And, because uh, again, it, I, I think that's one that you'll see, you know, you know, again, I'm looking through, uh, you know, the reviews we've given. We have, we've done some middle of the road when it comes to fun, and we've done a couple that are like high fun. Uh, I know we've got a couple more high fun coming down the pike. Again, I, I can tell you, War Chest is going to get a high number from fun. Um, you know, the rest of it, you know, we'll, we'll get there, but. Um, that's one thing we'll try to bring is, is, is games that will, you know, again, that we feel are very fun. Yeah. And I think our, our purview of fun is a little warped in that we are very competitive and love screwing each other over. <laughs> so like, that's real fun to us. So again, the name of this podcast is very indicative of what you're going to hear, uh, get rated as fun is yeah. a five for both of us. There's a reason yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Most people, uh, yeah, I guess take that in in a game genre. Yeah. It's a big uh, one for us. Can leave a bad taste, and uh, but we we thrive on take that. And you need the right, right? group like, for that for sure. I think there's a lot of conversation that happens, and at some point we'll yeah. do a, probably do a segment on that. But yeah, it's it's a thing. So yeah, um, the other game we got to play, I'll, I'll mention it was kind of a stinker Ugh. we had we had we some extra time one night after i think we played <laughs> did we play oath or was it after Ankh? i can't i think it was oath i think it was after Ankh. uh was it okay i had purchased uh, i had no uve rosenberg games in my collection at all uh i also have no as far as i know reiner knizia games in my collection so those of you who are listening to this if you want to just turn it off now and throw the phone down in anger disgust go ahead uh, but I did pick up one Uwe Rosenberg game, and that is Nova Luna. Um, I had seen that it got a good amount of press and praise and some awards or at least consideration for them. So I figured, all right, it, you know, it was on sale. I'll pick it up. I think like Game Geeks or some website like that. I can't remember. Got it for a decent price, and I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Um, it kind of had some patchwork in it uh, in that there's kind of like a rondel that you move a token along. You can only pick like the next three in front of it. Um, and it had some kind of Azul style, um, I don't know, I don't want to say like tile matching, but it, it's almost like a tiles with sort of spatial um, placement 
affects your scoring and stuff. So we got it to the table. Uh, it was the first, second time I played it. First time I played it with four people and I, I, I'm not keeping it. It's hitting, it's hitting the uh, purge shelf. Um, and I think you summed it up best when you said there's games that do this better. So why play it? Yeah. You, I mean, you named it Azul. Even some of Uve's games, like patchwork is better than yeah. this. Like, and patchwork is, nah, you know, but it's a good two player. It's nice with the wife kind of game. But yeah, like it looked, you know, again, I never played it either. And I, and I sort of typically like these type of games. They, they, they can be fun. Uh, again, can be fun. And, uh, this one looked like it was going to be that. It was like, okay. But, like, the game just never went anywhere. It was sort of boring. Yeah, it feels like it like, falls flat. And you're flat. like, what are we I don't doing? know what it is about it. I can't like, put my finger on it. Yeah, it's but just, it just falls flat. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel fun. Yeah, I... And I wanted to like it. And again, like... Uh, no, I, I don't I don't go into games wanting to hate them. <laughs> there is one but, that I went in that um, I was like, I'm not going to like this. And that was that, like, VHS tape apocalypse game you had that was just like immediately turned off by <laughs> uh, we'll get into that one another time you're we don't we have, have enough time to talk about that dude i i want to play that game so bad i love that game <laughs> yeah so nova luna just didn't pan out i think it's gonna hit my purge pile <sighs> it's unfortunate um but like you said there's better stuff out there in that space so just not gonna hang on to it but we gave it we gave it the old college yeah. try and uh you know, there were some things about yep. it I like, but for the most part, it just kind of fell flat. So, Sayonara, Nova Luna, and I'm sorry, Mr. Rosenberg, I will find something else of yours to add to my collection. And I'm looking at you, Mr. Knizia, you're, you're next. I will get there. Just like my mare trash, what can I say? All right. Dr. Knizia's got some good stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the, and there's there's stuff I'll, I'll pick up as I expand the collection, but uh, not right now. There's too many things in the pipeline, and we'll talk about that right now. So, backed and bought. Um, I'll dive in real quick because I don't have too much. I backed Honey Buzz. I've been trying to get Honey Buzz, the Kickstarter edition, the original Yay, one, Honey Buzz. forever, and I could never find it. Nobody gets rid of that damn game. Uh, everybody that has it keeps it because I never see it on any kind of forums or trades, and maybe I'm not looking in the right places, but – I did back it. They're going to do a reprint of the original, and they're also doing an expansion called Fall Flavors. I'm very excited about that game. I can't wait to pick that up. And I – did you back it too? No, buddy. That's all you. Okay. I want you – I didn't want to ruin your uh, <laughs> ruin your glory. Uh, I, I've, I'm looking forward to play it. I haven't read anything about it that's that bad. Um, it reminds me of like theme-wise of Everdell, and, and that's all I need because I love the theme of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that. I think the campaign ends today or tomorrow. Um, so who knows when yeah, the hell we'll close. see it, but it's it's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. I also backed another one that I saw promoed through Shut Up and Sit Down. Uh, they're doing a custom expansion for it, I think, but it's called Monstrosity. I picked this one up for the kids, and but I think it'll be fun in general. It's a party-style game where um, one player draws a card and it has like a really crazy looking drawing of a monster on it, like a filing cabinet with tentacles coming out of it and 17 eyes and who knows what else. Uh, and you describe it to the other players and they have to draw it. And the person who gets the closest scores points or something like that. 
there are so many different cards to draw in the game that I think it'll just last forever. And again, it's another one of those games, kind of like looters, where depending on the group you're playing with, it'll change the dynamic quite a bit and how you enjoy the game. So I think that ends today as well, or, or will be soon. So I'm super pumped to get that too, because I really think that'll be a hit with the kids. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to that one too. And wasn't terribly expensive. Honeybuzz is pricey, but I think the monstrosity one with the expansions was like under 70 bucks. And you get a lot of content with that. And then the very last one is not something I backed, but the uh, shipment date for my Wormwood Super Special Sexy Dice is January. So I am very excited to get those to just roll them by myself in the basement like a loser into a, a dice tray. So that's what's funny. You spent what? How? I mean, maybe you don't want to share, but you spent a lot of money on a set of dice. I found I it was over fifty bucks. A set of Dungeon and Dragon, fifty bucks. I found a set of dice at Dollar Tree, dude, and I had to buy them <laughs> just because they were dice at the Dollar Tree, and it was all of them, right? You get the twenty, the ten, the twelve. Like you got like I don't know. It was like seven, eight different dice in it. I was like, for a dollar, I'm not gonna let this sit. So yeah, um, they're really uh, expanding their, their their wares <laughs> if they're getting into like the D and D offerings at the at the Dollar Tree. Yeah, and again, you never know. Like pick up a you know, can of ninety nine cent baked like... beans and some dice, and you can have yourself a good night. <laughs> yeah, an expired hot pocket yeah. and, uh, and a set of dice, <laughs> broken sunglasses, toothbrush somebody opened. <laughs> All right, yeah, St. Patty's Day novelty hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to keep bashing Dollar Tree. I'm sorry, Dollar Tree. <laughs> Let's move on. All right, what'd you back and bought? Some Blu-ray with starring Dean Kane. <laughs> Dean Kane. Wait, with the uh, that's Superman, <laughs> right? That was a Superman. Yeah, Lois and Clark, TV. I think, right? Yeah, man. Current B that. movie star. So, what do you want first? You want the backed current? You give it to me, however you want, baby. Oh, oh, oh gross. All right, so uh, we'll go uh, <laughs> with. Uh, What's going to be ending the soonest? Uh, so that's Clash of Decks Season 2. Um, that ends in about 40-some hours. Uh, Clash of Decks was... Uh, they. Uh, it, it's a small card game, sort of a hand management game. Uh, it's a 1v1, 2v2, uh, you know, again, even player count style game. It's very unique in its mechanics, but yet it's very simple. And uh, they tried to get the game... Uh, I believe it was early 2020 and they just weren't getting funded. So they ended up canceling it. And last year, I think, or early this year, they came up with a new strategy. I think it was in February of this year where they were like, just pay for shipping and we'll send you our game. Nice. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like, yeah, I was like, there's something weird and unique about that. And it's like, all right, uh, I'll give you $4 to ship me a board game or a card game. Okay. So I was like, all right, even if it's bad, you paid $4, you helped them out, maybe, maybe, I don't, I don't know if you helped them out or not, but basically, uh, this strategy where they just, you know, you pay for shipping, we'll send you the game, uh, worked. Uh, their funding goal was crushed and they got such buzz by doing that unique Kickstarter campaign that they now built their fan base and they launched season two. And season two is, if you miss season one, you can still get the season one stuff, which was, again, just a starter deck of cards. And then they added six expansions to the game. And this is what got me. They uh, came up with play mats uh, and, and storage 
uh, a cool storage uh, box. So uh, they got me. I uh, I bought it all. So I'm looking forward to that. Then I'm also backing at current Heroes of the Shire, uh, which is sort of like a Dice Throne meets World of Warcraft type feel to it. Uh, again, I'm it, it, yeah, I'm intrigued by it. Uh, I'm uh, I'm fighting to keep the pledge. To be honest with you, I don't know where I'm going to end up with it. It's uh you know got maybe 12 days, 15 days to go. Um, so that one might make the cutting room floor, but I am currently backing it because they did have a sort of an early bird pledge, um, which again I I highly recommend uh, if if campaigns that you even have slight interest in give a like a you know 24 hour thing uh you don't want fomo so just back it and you can always cancel before it ends i don't know i've done that a lot just to in case so i can secure the uh you know the exclusive loot but i end up you know not always backing everything and again that one again like i said i'm just gonna keep watching it looking at it uh, there's a lot of content for it so i'm just for i think they're almost the first time publisher too like it seems ambitious which makes me a little nervous that is either a good or b that it's going to happen you know to the way i already have it in my head you know so again for what it is i think the price is pretty good but we'll see ah and then as of this morning uh super excited super pumped about this one mind bug has finally made it to kickstarter i've been watching it it hit the game uh the big game conventions this year with, I think there was only like 300 copies or a hundred copies that existed in the world until the Kickstarter. Wow. And they sent out to publishers. You could only get them at the conventions just to get the buzz out. Sort of in like that weird clash of deck style where it's like, here, here's the game. It all comes in one box. You can play it right up from the box. The artwork's cool. It's quirky. Uh, it's neat. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it. Gar- uh, Richard Garfield's involved. So yeah, I checked it out. It's gonna have some, it's gonna have some magic-y type things to it, but again, it looks just simple. It looks fun. So again, uh, I I went all in on it, whatever the the big pledge was, uh, to get the extra stuff. And I didn't go play mats because it, eh, you don't need play mats for that. No, I think it's like twenty nine bucks or something like that. Well, that's not bad at all. So, I was gonna say I can't imagine that one would have been too. Yeah, bad it if wasn't. Didn't do like play mats and all the crazy stuff. But that game looked pretty solid. Another one of those like. Not heavy investment, but you're going to get a ton of gameplay out of it. Yeah, but you don't even really need play mats no. in, a, in this one. So yeah, it's about twenty nine dollars. You get the base game, uh, you get the upgrade pack, which I guess you'll be voting and creating throughout the Kickstarter campaign, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that, that you get to cool. potentially influence and and get the art that you want or the characters you want, uh, and then you get that limited edition Kickstarter box numbered. So I'm a sucker for that stuff, but <laughs> you don't. Uh, so, so those are the currently backed. Now, do you want Kickstarters that actually came in that I've already backed prior? Because <laughs> I've had a couple of those come in. I have to go to bed at some time tonight, so no, no, I don't care. Go ahead <laughs> if you want. Uh, well, this one actually is going to make the packs list. I think. Uh, oh it's shit! Called. Do tell. It's called Silverwood. It's called Silverwood Grove. And this is, uh, it, it sort of feels like, uh, the whimsy art styling a little bit, maybe even a little more co- cartoonish of Everdell. 
Okay. It's uh, all these creatures out of the Australian outback. So it's centered only in Australia, which I think is the the company's Australian. Oh my god! Uh, they're so called you, Great Games. You got a game that's centered around marsupials, which is like I could just hear you squealing when this hits the table. When you get to play, like <laughs> uh, I don't even know what marsupial. Or, let's say wombats. Let's go with wombats because I can see you freaking out over wombats. Well. Yes, it's very unique art. It's very cool characters. Uh, you know, they call koalas drop bears. So, uh, <laughs> all right, um, I'm intrigued. So it's kind of cool. Um, you got to bring it. But again, it's uh, yeah, it's um, and it plays up to six players, which is cool. So it, it looks, it's it's weird. It's like, uh, it, it seems like it meant it it uh, has some of the mechanics of Empires of the North, okay. uh, meets uh, like a little bit of tableau building. But then it's got that like little Everdale whims to it, so uh, I'm intrigued by it. I, I I read through the rules. I I had some cards out, played a little bit just to you know go through the mechanics. So it seems pretty simple to get into. Each character is unique. Each character has different abilities. Uh, so that one again just looked cool. Again, the art sold me as well. Uh, so that that came in this week. Uh, another one that came in this week actually was yesterday. Uh, is called the West uh, Ascendant, I believe it's called. It has like a little subtitle. So this is my eleventh game from Small Box Games uh, wow. with the designer John Cloudus. Uh, I've been backing and getting his games since uh, since I even found, you know since the one I found the first one I found. Again, he does these. They're mainly two player type games. Uh, this one is a specific two player game. And you just get so much. And, and it's always typically, well, uh, 10 of the 11 games are all, uh, just a deck of cards. Uh, there's not a lot of components, maybe coins, you know, but he has a way to multi-use cards that I just find fascinating. And, uh, the 11th game, the other one I have is, uh, almost a, a whiteboard type game where everybody has a different color marker on a map. So it's kind of neat. Hmm. Yeah, so that one came in. Role player adventures showed up the other day too, uh, which uh, again from a from a box size uh, gives Gloomhaven a run for its money. Yeah, I saw uh, all the pictures. It's got you some heft that. to it. That's no joke. <laughs> um, and again, I was I, I opened it up. And I'm like, oh, I'm intimidated. But again, I've I was tipped off by this being a thing two packs ago, uh, where I actually helped. Uh, at the Thunderworks Games booth for a day or for an afternoon. And uh, again, I've always played role player since since day one. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've bought all the expansions. And I was talking to the designer, Keith, at, you know, the last day of PAX. And I was like, well, where do you go next for role player? Because I think at the time, uh, we were already done with a campaign. And he goes, um, I have uh, something big in mind. And he was really quiet about it. And humble about it because he didn't know if it was going to be a thing. Um, but it became a thing. So it's basically his al- almost gloomhaven, story-driven, huge, epic game based in the role-player world. So I sent around a video uh, from Jamie Stegmeyer. He uh, he seems to be really digging the mechanics and a lot of the things that Keith has put into this game. So that has also made me get a little excited about getting this to the table. So this might be uh, uh, a secret gaming group game. 
So I don't know. I'm all for it. And then the last one that came in, uh, it wasn't from Kickstarter. It wasn't from GameFound. It was from Hasbro Pulse. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dollar General. That game, no, <laughs> and that game is called Hero Quest. It it shipped. It's beautiful. I have to crack it. Make sure there's nothing crazy and wonky. I, I'm seeing some things online that, uh, but oh, to see that cover again just brought back memories from being uh, a young lad uh, and and wanting to buy Hero Quest at the at the store when I saw it. Broadsword. So yeah. yes. Uh, I have the original. I can see it from where I'm sitting. Corner box, all masking tape up to keep things together. Gargoyle's missing some little yeah. piece off of him. But yeah, uh, that's a classic. I, at some point in time, we got to do an episode of, you know, things that got us into this hobby. Um, that's going to be on both yeah. our lists. I have no question about that. Hero Quest was like my number one game. Like I yeah, that played, was the gate, Games lot. Workshop gateway you drug know. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So that is Kickstarters that have shown up uh, that I backed. Our backlog just keeps getting bigger. Oh, dude. We... <laughs> There's so many games to play. It's not even funny. Yeah. That one-year-old's not helping things either. We're going to have to – we need to find some type <sighs> of aging serum. Just, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Who's the oldest celebrity we know we can just get their their stem cells and go go to town? We'll make it work. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight. Um, we have a very, very special episode coming up uh, next time. We're going to get to talk with Mr. Kyle Farron, the lead illustrator for Leader Games. Uh, you probably know his work from such titles as Root, uh, Oath, Vast, The Crystal Caverns, and basically everything else, including Fort which we're going to review next episode. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Oath, which we've gotten, what, four or five games in so far. Um, Oath yep. is a massive game. Uh, four or five games is usually enough to review a game. We decided we're not going to review it yet because the way it's designed, four or five games is just barely scratching the surface. So at some point in time, we will do a full Oath yep. review. But we are going to keep with the leader theme next episode, and we're going to take a deep dive into Fort, which we've gotten – at least four or five games in. Uh, that's one of my favorite deck builders. I'm very excited to review that game. Uh, and we'll also have a, it was intended to be a 15 minute interview with, with Kyle. And we just talked for like 35 minutes. Kyle's a really cool dude. Um, I'm very yeah, happy. He very came nice, on to join us for an interview and a big shout out to him. So we're going to have that next episode for you guys. Um, but until then, uh, do you have any parting words for our, our dear beloved listeners? Uh, just be happy if you're listening to this. You heard Ryan give a game two fives. Yeah. Miracles do, do happen in, in this world. Uh, and again, maybe Nidavellir will be so fortunate as to come back and receive some fives when I'm feeling benevolent. It happens sometimes. Uh, my tip is pick up looters. It's a great game. And tune in next episode because getting to hear from Kyle is awesome. We got to review, uh, you know, his career history, but also we get to hear a lot about games and game design from him, which if you're a board gamer and you're into game design, whether it's the illustration side or the actual gameplay side or just the art of it, uh, definitely check this out. It's going to be a great interview. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you all for joining us again. Uh, check out our website, playgamesloosefriends.com. If you want to contact us with questions, comments about the show, email us at playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com. 
Again, website is playgamesloosefriends.com. Email is playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com. God, I wish we picked a shorter name for the show. That's a long email address. Until next time, everybody, thanks for joining us. We will see you around soon. Play games, don't lose your friends, and have fun. Later.